Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Good morning, Lisa Rubin. Good morning, Katie Harms. Do you know what I did this morning almost first thing? Adjusted your bra. <laughs> okay, after I adjusted my bra. <laughs> I have, I don't know. Well, I went on to wardrobeconsulting.net, your beautiful new website, redesigned website. Thank you. And what did you think, Katie? I think it's fabulous. I really like it. There's a few more things we're doing to it. Um, well, I think, I think a website is a twe- tweaking in progress, really. I think, like, I have ignored mine for the last, Katie, at katieharms.com, in case anyone's... <laughs> To throw that little plug in there. No, uh, I have ignored it. There's things I need to put on there. Like, for example, I need to link the podcast to my website. Well, that's how it all started for me. Okay. And you know how, like, in your house, you decide that you're just going to do one room and maybe wallpaper it or get something, and then you look at the rest of the room and you think, oh, my God, well, if I do that, I have to do this, I have to do this. Well, that's what happened with my uh, website. I have many jobs and clients that have started by that thought process. I'm going to just do this one little thing and it becomes an entire room overhaul or sometimes an entire main floor overhaul. Or, I mean, I've done floor by floor in certain houses. So I did a whole website overhaul. You did a website overhaul. I think it was time. When was the last time you did your website? 13 years ago. Yes, probably time. It was it 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 was kind of an archaic website for a while, but it worked. Like people that found me, I always asked, "What did you think of my website?" And none of them said, "Oh, well, you should really change that." But it was bothering me. It was really bothering me. So. Yes, yes. Well, they weren't being honest because really, it was time <laughs> to change that. <laughs> well, it's been changed. I love it. I love it so much. I it just it has it makes me smile when I go oh, on good. and see it. So good. I hope you have lots of lots of hits and what what happens on a website? See, that's where I I, I lose well, the technical. Can you can tell who looks at it and all the You can tell. I um had someone do it for me and she tells me how many people see my website daily, but I haven't looked myself. I don't think I want to know on mine. <laughs> I mean, people can email me through my website, Correct. which they always could do. Right. Do you yes. know? Do you know then if it comes through your website? Is there a special thing yeah, that tells it, you it comes through your yes, website? It Clearly, does. I have. I don't. You know, I think I have that function also, but that's that's not my norm for how people find me. Interesting. I'll have to delve into that. I'm gonna have to do some a little brush up. Speaking of brush ups. I have a client that I'm working with who is moving from a rather large house into a house that is similarly sized in some areas, but definitely not in others. For example, a very, very large garage going down to a smaller garage and needing lots of things with storage. I got involved and went out and did an assessment of existing and what they needed into their new home. And then came up with plans and we had the very real discussion about what actually is going to fit. So it's think about, you know, what's the joke putting 10 pounds in a five pound bag. What it got me thinking about is when I started out 
And I started out really just concentrating on closet areas because back in 88, when I started my business, there were not a lot of builders or remodelers thinking about closet spaces. When you think about what's in a primary closet, a lot of times there's space that goes unutilized. When you think about mud rooms and the stuff that you bring into a home, all of this really, really wasn't being looked at back then. So that has evolved over time where people have gotten smarter about where their stuff goes and i think it's it's planning it's it's really thinking about that and taking the time to remember you got a lot of things involved in a building process or a remodeling process you did it with your home it had been you know your first home your first home you bought did you think about that did it have those spaces yes we kind of thought about it in our first home but my husband is very good at that process and he thought of things that I didn't even think of. But we did not have kids yet when we built our first house. Oh, interesting. So once we had kids... So you had the foresight to plan. He had the foresight he, to plan He had that. the foresight to plan. Sure. And that's something... I think you really have to have somebody on top of things. Now, we have Kari Nelson with us. She is an architect from Minneapolis, and we're going to talk to her more and kind of dig into what really is important and what kind of things should you think about when you're embarking on a remodeling process or a build process. Um, recently, I I saw a home that was, it was a teardown and rebuilt on the exact same foundation. And interestingly enough, when it was rebuilt on this foundation, it was rebuilt without any kind of a mudroom coming in off of the garage, which kind of blows my mind. And we live in Minnesota. Where do the boots go? Where do the coats go? Where so does what do everything go? from the garage? You walk in basically to the kitchen. You walk into a little landing. You either go downstairs or you go up into the kitchen. Now, I grew up in a house like this, but this was a 900-square-foot house. Literally, we'd come in the back door with our snowsuits on, playing in the woods, and my mom would go, downstairs, downstairs, downstairs. But at the time, it was truly an unfinished basement you know, that was very utilitarian. And so that really worked in a way. But still, that's the way that, that post-World uh, War II house was built, that little starter rambler. You'd come in the front door and there was a tiny little closet right in the living room, or you come in the back door and you're straight, the kitchen, I think if the kitchen was 10 by 10, I'd be surprised. I know. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That people did exist like this. Exactly. (laughs) And they lived very happy lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how we've evolved, mm-hmm. yeah. and how space because that you have you've made a career out of space. I've right? made a career out of putting people's stuff in spaces. spaces. And you know, Rashini used the word last podcast, simplicity. And in a way, I think what we're all going for is simplicity. Whether we have a lot of stuff or whether we don't, we want it to be simple how we use it. So that takes some forethought. I. Agree with that 100%. And for me, if I don't feel organized in my house, clean and organized, I actually don't function as well during the day. Like I have certain, don't you have certain routines before you leave your house that you do? And if things are not in its place, surprise, surprise for me, I right? I know, for both if of us. If yeah. things aren't in their place, sometimes 
secret be have it that I come back to my house and do it because it's going to bug me all day. Yeah, I have not. I can't say I've left my house and come back to my house specifically to do something like that. But for example, if we're entertaining and I can't go to bed until the kitchen's cleaned up. Some people can. I can't. I have to have everything put away. I want to get up in the morning and I want to see clean counters and organization. That's That kind of starts my day right. I'm exactly the same way. Laundry is my thing. Yes. I cannot handle a basket of dirty laundry. Agreed. It so, has to... It, I, I don't have baskets of dirty laundry because if I have dirty laundry that's one of those things I'll come back to that bugs me yeah and I have a laundry room I have a door to close it I don't have to look at it I I really like my laundry room because you help me with my laundry room (laughs) but it's there yeah that's exactly right. Well, we, we've got a lot to talk about. I think one of the things that's so great and really the reason for this podcast when you think about it is both of us have these years of knowledge that we have used to help so many people. And some of them come back and let you know. You have a great text thread with one of your clients. And I, I really want you to read that because it, it put a smile on my face. So I got a text from a client a few days ago. And it said, catching up on your podcast, I wore my favorite pink dress today with that pink Chanel style jacket. I got a million compliments from the women today. It is amazing how pink just makes you happy. And then I responded to her and it says, it makes me remember how you have set me up so well. I also feel pretty and confident. I made people smile today. That is everything. So it is because of her outfit, Katie. Yes. Again, that is like my thesis statement, right? right? If you like what you're wearing, look what can happen for you for the day. And then you remember it at night and take the extra time to text me. Like, she didn't have to do that. No, that's wonderful. For all the clients that we work with and we hear from them, but really, doesn't it just, it's it's an intrinsic feeling of happiness that I have knowing that there's a lot of people out there that can start their day off on the right foot because we worked with them. And we had or have, as you continue to have, and I do occasionally when clients come back and move or update or whatnot, these great relationships with people that we built over the years who trust us to do what we do. It's not about selling a product. It's not about selling more clothing. It's not about selling the stuff that goes in a space. It's truly the, it's the long game of how you live your life. And I think that really is the essence of why we did this podcast. A hundred percent. And, and, with, and hopefully continue to do this podcast. Exactly. Well, I think we will. So with that, we're going to bring on Kari Nelson and get all sorts of strategies for what really works when you're looking to do a project. Kari Nelson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're excited to have you, and I'm excited to talk space. Yes. Not the outer type. Not, I don't know much about that. No, me neither. So you have a great connection to Lisa because Lisa has known your family for years and years, yes? Yes, I have. I watched her grow up, but she doesn't even know that. We've never actually met. So her mom has been a client of mine for well over 35 years. That's fantastic. And you become friends with your clients, let's face it. Her mom is one of the clients that I have become friends with because she's wonderful. Well, that's great. And we hear great things about you too as well. So yes, give us a little background. What is your title? When you meet somebody yes. and you say, hi, I'm Kari Nelson. I'm a residential architect. I have my own business, my own firm. I started my own firm about five years ago, K. Nelson Architects. Uh, I've been 
doing residential architecture for about 13 years. I have a master's in architecture and a bachelor's in math. I know. Oh, that that's was... fabulous. <laughs> math and a minor in art. I like to throw that in there to make me feel a little bit more. You're balanced. That just means you're really balanced, right? <laughs> well, isn't architecture equal parts? I mean, really, you have to have an artistic Definitely. eye. Yes. And yet you need all of the technical I think it is really equal. I feel like I use the creative side and the numerical side of my brain probably about equal. As a business owner, you know, probably the numbers come into play a little bit more, but in the actual architecture, it's definitely a balance. Yeah, I have to tell you, I have been hard on architects in the past. As a space planner, what I find with certain architects, I won't say a lot of architects, that wouldn't be fair, is that there's something about the wow factor. Everyone likes to have, and certain architects have a, a very distinct outlook. Mm-hmm. And you will see that in a lot of their projects. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels very much like the wow factor is out front. And then when we get into actual use of the space, moving on down the project, there's some disconnect or it's handed off perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of two main parts of architecture, especially I think residential architecture, um, is you have the aesthetics and you have the function. Uh, and they both really have to work together. There's no way, you, if you overload the aesthetics and it doesn't function, to me that's a, a failure of, of residential architecture, especially because the home is so personal. Um, and so we are always working back and forth on that. We, I, I will admit, I do think that the function has a slightly higher weight, uh, and maybe that is that kind of pragmatic math side of myself. You're not just saying that to make me feel good, are you? No, I'm really not. You can ask past <laughs> clients. They will They will attest. We get down to making sure it works, and then we layer on beauty within that. Oh, my gosh. Say that again, because I think that's, that <laughs> is like truly music to my ears. I think I said uh, we have to make sure that it works. We focus on that, and then we layer in beauty on top of that. That's fantastic. Do you, would you say you do mostly new or mostly remodel projects? We do primarily remodels and additions. Certainly have done new homes, uh, but our niche right now is more remodels and additions. We work primarily on older homes lots in the Minneapolis and St. Paul city limits and then first ring suburbs. And so we get a lot of older homes, certainly very comfortable with homes that are 100, 110, maybe even 120 years old, and then kind of everything obviously to date. And in those homes, when you think of them, they have no closets, no mudroom, (laughs) no attached garage generally. Yeah. So you really do have to talk about the function. Yeah. Are they generally people who have lived in those homes a while and then are now wanting to say, okay, we need some serious things done? Or does it primarily get into the somebody bought a home and they want to remodel before they get in? A little bit of a mix. I mean, certainly life 100 years ago is different than now, right? So we are approaching it different. But there was some fundamentals to life, the need to eat, the need to sleep, (laughs) the need to uh, spend time with family. Those were fundamental things 
100 years ago that still holds. So houses aren't totally... Unusable. Unusable, exactly. And in terms of whether people are buying and remodeling right away, a couple things. I think spending time in a home can be helpful. A lot of times when people purchase a new home, they are attached to how they lived in their old home. And so I will see a lot of homeowners say like, well, at the, at the old place we had this, and so we did it this way. And so I do try to encourage people to spend six months to a year minimum in their home before they do a major renovation or a major addition. It's not always feasible financially or just pragmatically. Sometimes you need to get the work done before you move in. Also, little depends on our availability. We're not always available to start working on a project when you close in three weeks or something. So they got to find that balance as well. That's so true. I say that often to people who are moving, live there for a while to Mm -hmm. see what your needs really are. You're going to live differently in the Mm -hmm. house because it's a different house. So you're going to find your patterns and all of that change. Definitely. And And we're adaptable. So we're going to adapt to a good chunk of things that we would have otherwise changed. And then you're not spending money on things that you've adapted well to. That's true. And, you know, Lisa and I talk often about the fact that we're not about the spending of the money or having to have the most updated or newest or what we want are things that work. And you talked about layering on the elements that are going to work on the house or or add the beauty to it mm-hmm. once you have the fundamentals. Isn't that similar to what you do? And Yeah, I was just thinking about that as you guys were talking that That's basically the same thing I talk about when I'm designing a wardrobe for somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has their wardrobe, and those are the principles that I use. It's the same. It is the same. So efficiency Mm -hmm. is another thing that we talk about. So you want to get up in the morning, and you want to be as efficient as you can to use your day. And we were talking earlier about Lisa got a great email or a text from somebody talking about ultimately what they were wearing caused people joy. And she ended with, isn't that what it's all about? And so I think we all want to live a more joyful life and bring that outward from our daily life. So when you get up in the morning, what does your morning look like? You have family, you have, so what are you doing? What's the first thing you do when your feet hit the ground or maybe even before your feet hit the ground? (laughs) Um, well, first of all, I, I love the word efficiency. It's might be one of my favorite <laughs> words out there. You can't just go fast and you can't just do perfect. You have to find the balance. The first thing I do when I wake up in all honesty is I go for a short walk. So I am literally from my head on the pillow to out the door walking probably less than five minutes, um, which means yes, I'm usually walking in my pajamas and everyone's seeing me on in the neighborhood and I can barely open my eyes, but uh, it gives me a chance to kind of breathe in some fresh air, get the body moving. It's always a little stiff in the morning and um, kind of just get a fresh approach of each day. I do have two children. My daughter turns five today. Happy birthday, Kyla. Happy birthday. And, <laughs> and my son, Elliot, is seven, will turn eight in a few weeks. And they're adorable. I get to watch them in pictures mm-hmm. as they... That's very fun. They are, but I'm biased. Um, So I'm not biased and they're (laughs) adorable. (laughs) Well, thank you. So yeah, we start our our day. I don't get a lot of time to ease into the day once they're up. It's pretty much, mommy, mommy, you know, this, that, get your cereal. So it starts pretty fast. And then uh, once they're out the door, once I drop them off, I am pretty much at my computer right away, getting ready to start the work day. So you office out of your home? I have a a home office and I have a office space and they're like mirror images of each other. So I can work in either. I have an employee too that uses the office. So we have been continuing to try to find that sweet spot with COVID and and all of that with the office space. But we are are both working in the office right now. 
So when you see a client, are you doing it by Zoom? Or do you see them in person? Are you going to their spaces? How is that kind of evolving now that, you know, if you're vaccinated yeah. or masking, yeah. not masking, you know, how is that working now? Yeah, well, it's a I'll probably give you a different answer any week of the year it feels right now, but uh, we did a ton of Zoom in, you know, second half of 2020 and first half of 2021. We stayed busy, a little bit of a slowdown at the very beginning, but that picked up really quick. And if you've read the news, housing industry has picked up with a fervor. So if at all possible, we love to meet at people's homes. Um, We get to know the homes like we get to know the homeowners. So just setting eyes on it in the periphery or in the background while we're talking to homeowners is, is always helpful. We have become very efficient and effective (laughs) in Zoom meetings as well. And there's certain applications where Zoom might be more effective representing a 3D model, or we're talking about precedent images or very visual things rather than bringing a brunt of bunch of printouts or looking at a screen together in a in an in-person meeting zoom is better so we also do site visits for projects that are under construction and those are are really important and really important to actually be able to show up there so even all through shutdowns and lack of in-person meetings we were doing site visits on our own we'd kind of tell the homeowners we were going to show up, we'd look, and then we'd have a meeting follow-up via Zoom for that. So we never stepped away from actually seeing a project under construction. It is amazing the flexibility that people have come up with. Have you seen a lot of changes to how they're using their homes? So now we're incorporating COVID Mm -hmm. into home design. Yeah, undoubtedly. And, you know, for a while, we were kind of waiting to make major changes to the home based on COVID because the future is still quite uncertain no doubt. But I think the idea of a home office is going to be a real question for a long time. And, you know, this great resignation occurring right now where people are wanting better work-life balance, I think is going to have people wanting that ability to work from home easier. If you have small children that are getting sick, at least have a station. The other one that's come up a little bit more in the last few months that I find kind of interesting is like a, a parent away space, or I've heard someone say a mom space, where we are just home a lot with the kids right now, right? In the last year and a half, has been really intense that way in some ways absolutely lovely and a silver lining to everything uh in some ways kind of you can lose a little bit of any of that uh alone time with everybody home working and home from school so that's another new space that i'll be kind of that i'm tracking and kind of curious to see how it so what are they asking for in the mom alone space like there's man caves like the old definition (laughs) of a man cave what's a mom away from the kids space yeah and i will say i'm very careful about using any sort of gender specific spaces this was just a no 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 i i I, know i understand but it's a new concept right yeah yeah you know it's just more of a a space that can be completely closed off that might have a desk and maybe a chair or a lot, you know, a recliner or a, a small sofa, um, but that can be totally shut off, right? So this open concept was was huge 20 years ago. I mean, We've it was been like, living in it with it for quite a while. Yeah. And now it's, it's morphing a little bit into understanding like, or perhaps desiring a delineation of space, even if it's just a minor delineation, like a change in color or a change in trim or something like that. But this has kind of been a new request for just a space that can, you cannot hear anything. You cannot be seen. <laughs> you know, you haven't maybe a nice view of the yard, but from inside the house, no one knows you're there. <laughs> And possibly, if if that door is closed, everyone knows not to disturb you right. in there unless there's bleeding or <laughs> right, right, a major, a major issue that's that's taken place. Yeah, and I think 
there's a value to it, whether kids are home learning or not, to just be able to have some downtime and recharge your battery as a parent and as a spouse um, is really critical. Clear your head. And Mm -hmm. clear your head. And, you know, maybe have a treat from Rustica. Thinking to myself, you know, what kind of space would I have wanted? I mean, my kids are grown out of the house now, but it's very interesting, that concept and what would I have wanted, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking I would want some type of really nice chair that I could lay in, Mm -hmm. take a nap, you know, read a book, but then maybe a bathtub. Oh, <laughs> let's mean, explore. We're going to explore a bathtub this. That it's only for me. Hmm. We're going to explore this. I, I actually had a client have a bathtub room and that's all that was in there was a bathtub. I need a chair, Katie. Let's let's talk. Well, I think there was a stool, but let's talk about that a moment. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list, and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis, across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market. And Southdale Center, next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the Take and Bake Cookies, available online or in-store. Truly a capstone for any get-together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate, a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. And we are back. Lisa talked about a bathtub space, which just kind of makes you go, oh, when you think about it, doesn't it? If you're a bath person, you really know what we're talking about. And I worked with a client once who had a beautiful home on a lake and wanted uh, the bathroom with the shower in it, but then wanted a separate bathtub room because she had a lot of grandkids. And so we (laughs) built this bathtub room into the space. And it had room for a little stool. It had a lot of hooks for the uh, towels towels and things like that. I'm a big hook person. I don't like towel bars. We can talk about that another time. I think they're highly inefficient. (laughs) Kari, as we're talking offline, these are the details that you really want to get into with your clients Mm -hmm. so that they can use every square inch of their home. Right, definitely. I mean, people don't come to, to me or another architect because they just want a template. They just want, you know, kind of a cookie cutter, what's everyone doing? They come to an architect, or I think they should come to an architect because they really want it to be personal for them. So we have a lot of dialogue about what works for you in your current home, what doesn't work for you in your current home, what's your want list, what's your need list. They're often very different. <laughs> the needing a separate bathtub room is probably low, but the want might be very high. So um, yeah, we really want to make it personal to each each homeowner, the family of the, the homeowner, the, the guests that might come. But also my job is to make sure that nothing gets too eccentric without at least conversation about it so that you're not potentially doing something that really doesn't have a lot of use or doesn't work with the house as a whole or may never work for a future homeowner. We at least talk about it. What I hope to never see again in another new home kitchen 
is a little built-in desk. Because I like my built-in desk <laughs> in my kitchen, Katie. Do you sit at it? All the time. I stand corrected. I have never known a person who has actually used that little space in their kitchen I, to sit and pay their bills or do their... All the time. Huh. When and I you, talk to you all the time and we are bantering about what we do, want, do, whatever... I'm probably sitting there, Katie. How interesting. This well, is a perfect see, day. this is a perfect example. I've been doing this 40 some years and you're but, the first. But <laughs> no, but the, you've seen where mine is, right? I mean, there's big windows, you know, it's, it's. Yeah, yours is set up a little bit differently. Yeah, it's, it's kind of part of the kitchen in a weird way. It's not, it is off to the side, but it's not. Yeah. It feels like you're part of the room. Right. And I think that's important, that little space to sit down. Every time I go into a house that we're talking about redoing some spaces, what I usually see in that space is a bunch of piles of stuff. And it's generally, no, it's, it's another cabinet to put stuff on. So then, then you wonder, how is that space being used? So, Well, I you guys are, to... this, this dialogue is re- reminiscent of many of my meetings. So even within, if a couple owns a home, they will see things very, very differently. And yeah, how do you, that's always an interesting process, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When you have a couple, particularly the one that's been together a long time, and they are redoing a space or building new or, or, or mm-hmm. that energy between the two is sometimes very interesting. It is. It's one of my favorite parts about my job because it makes it really personal. You know, I consider myself like a quarter marriage counselor and three quarters <laughs> architect. Um, it's like me being the therapist. <laughs> yeah. But I'm married too. I get it. Um, so yeah, it's it's really a fun part is to get to know people, to get to know how people interact and to kind of help find the, the in-between if they're wanting something different. And lay out the pros and the cons, you know, lay out maybe the costs associated with it or what the future might hold with a certain concept, and then let them them kind of flush it out. I don't take sides. I've been asked to many times <laughs> in, a, in a meeting. But in your head, you kind of take a side. Well, if I have a personal preference, I will certainly voice that, but it's not a side based on liking a person or a client better than their mate or something. It's much more to what's going to work best in that space based on the information you gathered from For talking sure. to both of them. But even based on your guys' conversation about the kitchen desk concept, there is no right or wrong. So much of architecture is is really subjective. Again, there's these fundamentals about a home that have to work. You have to be able to get to your fridge and your sink and your range in an efficient manner. I mean, that's called the, the triangle, kitchen work triangle, the kitchen right? It's like triangle, the, right. Yeah, that's a that's a well-known basic fundamental of kitchen design. Whether there's a desk also incorporated into that triangle is subjective. That's personal. And I will say probably about 50% of the people we talk to are interested in that, a desk near or in the kitchen. And 50% say, get it, get it out of here. So I actually think you guys are more neutral. See how I didn't take sides there? Right. (laughs) I, you know, I will say this, I'm going to say having a space that could hold some files, Mm -hmm. having a space that holds pencils, pens, that type of thing, charging station, whether it's in your kitchen or not, to me, makes more sense. I see that space underneath that desk that generally people don't sit at as great storage space 
that then people will pull up their stool at their island and work or whatnot. But again, you got to look at the space you're working within to determine what works the best for that space. Yeah. Yep. And what you're going to actually do at that desk. Is it for just a little laptop or is it for writing letters? I mean, I know people don't do that, but I'm just going to use it as an example. Um, We have one project right now where we are doing a small pullout desk space in a bathroom. I know this is unique, but this is an example of the homeowner has been doing creative writing in, she takes, enjoys her tubs. This is, you know, you're not alone, Lisa. And she enjoys doing creative writing in the bathroom uh, related to her tub soaking. And so we have a small space. It's just kind of a hidden pullout as part of the vanity. So if she never uses it, fine. We haven't made great sacrifices to the design. Did you do the rollout? Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's, it's in progress, but yeah, yes, that's what it will it's be. It's one of the coolest things I've done in a, in a home is done a rollout like that in an art space yep. that didn't have a lot of room. Yeah. And the beauty of it is if, if you don't use it again, what have you sacrificed with the original design? Nothing. Two inches of drawer space. I mean, it's just not the end of the world. Where, versus designing in some big six foot by two foot desk in your bathroom might be a little bit more of a commitment, you know. That's true. And when you think about it, I would think that would be an incredible space for creativity. Mm-hmm. It's usually quiet. When you close the door to your bathroom, usually nobody's going to bother you. Right. And it's usually very serene, right? If you've done the space correctly, it's... Exactly. It's just a lovely, lovely space. That's what it will be. So that might be her flex space you were talking Mm -hmm. about. Private space. (laughs) Yep, her private space is the bathroom. Not a bad plan. Not a bad plan. And back to the tub concept, one of the neatest things, and I'm seeing this more now, is a tub designed in the back of or in concert with the shower? Mm-hmm. Right, a wet a wet room. A wet room. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have. Uh, when I've been traveling and like in hotels, they're doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, waterproofing systems have gotten such where you can kind of waterproof the entire room. So, you know, there there's some cost involved because of that waterproofing system and also the fact that you have that much more tile. But in the end, it's not that complicated. It's not that much different than doing a herbless shower where you have to still waterproof the whole floor in case water comes out of the shower. So I think the wet rooms we're doing right now, that's tub shower head and steam shower so it'll all be in one nice lovely space that's fantastic Mm -hmm. and it's a great utilization of space you're not using as much you don't need as much walk room between right you can design it in a smaller space it's true you need space to get out of a tub towel off move around a little bit without hitting your head or your knee and you need a space to get out of a shower towel off move around a little bit without hitting your head or your knee they're often not the same space unless they're set up to share that so that that can be an efficient use of space to have them use the same zone do you have a favorite project you've worked on? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, they Each project brings me so much joy and reward in such different ways. I will say the favorites are the ones where the clients are really happy after. I know that sounds cheesy. I know it sounds made up, but it just simply is not. If the clients are ecstatic, I'm ecstatic. And it could be a small remodel um, where it just totally improved the, the use of the space to a much larger project that had more liberty with materials and and budgets not related to what I in the end consider a success. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Because there's so many different budgets involved. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing? We've obviously been in COVID for coming up on two years, a year and a half, a good year and a half, really strongly into it. What are you seeing prices doing? They've been up, they've been down, they've <laughs> kind of all been around. What do you see? What's your foreseeable future on? Yeah, well, if I had a crystal ball, um, I certainly would have seen us 
you know, going through what we went through the last couple of years, and I have been wrong in my predictions over the last couple of years as well. So I should say that. But that being said, uh, the housing uh, construction, residential construction industry is strong right now. People spent a lot of time in their homes. People didn't spend a lot of money doing other things. And so they're thinking about what they want to do to their homes to improve it with their potential extra money right now. Prices have definitely gone up. Demand has gone up. So basic economic graph, supply meets demand, demand is high. There are also glitches right now in material access. You know, we've all heard about lumber being in in high demand and, and an issue in getting. There's also issues with steel, with even just shipping. So shipping tile, we get a lot of Uh, materials, obviously from overseas. That's very obvious, I know. But so shipping issues, truck drivers are, there's a shortage of truck drivers. So if we pick out a tile from California, sometimes that's not showing up. Windows are way delayed. Okay. So I'm not going to list all these things that are slowing down the industry, but appliances, appliances. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Appliances. Um, So basically everything has been affected, to be honest. Timelines. What has it done to timelines where two years ago, it might've taken X amount of time what's it taking now yeah realistically so a person can set themselves up yep yeah patience I, during a project i'm saying to add 10 to 20 percent of what i used to think a project would take under construction uh, our design times are about the same so except for that we usually add a few weeks extra just because we want to pick out almost everything prior to construction and then it, things get ordered like windows might get ordered before construction even starts same with tile countertops so do you home. run your own crews no okay so i should clarify no i'm not a contractor i okay. did work as a contractor for three years and have a great respect for that industry and the stress and work that they take on general contractors but no we are a residential architecture firm we do the design we do often help with what people call selections right tile lighting plumbing countertop um, we also occasionally partner with interior designers and love those relationships as well but we work with a number of different builders so we can certainly make referrals we aren't financially or contractually tied to any one builder but there are lots of good builders in the area and we would help a homeowner try to find the best fit for them. And a lot of times, and that's great that there's so many good ones. I think Minnesota is such a unique, you know, I travel anywhere else and it's all the nationals. Mm -hmm. You have a a lot of national builders where in the Twin Cities, particularly, you have a lot of custom home builders, semi-custom home builders, phenomenal remodelers. And to have that ability to say, okay, this guy is out this far, maybe check with this guy and have those relationships is really excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's valuable to the homeowners so that we have a a pool that we can help connect homeowners. The goal is simply to find the best for that project and for those clients. So Kari, we've been asking our guests a question. What type of dog breed do you think you would be? Well, that is a tricky one. I am just going to say, I know so little about dogs. I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. A cat? <laughs> Are you a cat person? Are you a cat person? I'm very little about cat flower. <laughs> A flower. Oh. So you can be a flower. <laughs> well, now that's more complicated, isn't it? Um, Never thought about a flower. Never but s- oh, this could be a new thing. See, this, see I we like could start asking that works. question. 
But I, see, this is an efficient <laughs> mind, too. Boy, I so or I love any kind of animal. Okay, well now you're broadening the scope. I <laughs> make it more complicated. <laughs> like that, this is like that client that comes in and says, "I just need a little laundry remodel," and then it becomes. A, we were talking about that earlier. And then it becomes an entire home. There, you know, for some reason, and I guess I can't quite pinpoint at the moment, but a flower that I have always really connected with is an Asiatic lily, and I I don't know if that's because I'm kind of drawn to some Eastern philosophies. So I, you know, connect that to a plant. But I also, the thing I like about them aesthetically is they bloom and they're so crisp and they're so vibrant. Now, I'm not saying that's me. I'm just saying what I'm drawn to about it. They are, they, to me, they always look very strong and sturdy, if you can picture that. And they come in all these different color varieties. So you're not just kind of like, you know, I, I'm not a big gray and white person. Again, I have to be careful saying that as an architect because it is a very popular style. But I like some color and some energy or calmness, but something that exudes some emotion. Ocean, right and color does bring out emotion so i'm just gonna say the the asiatic lily and uh, that's a great answer i like that and, <laughs> and as i change how we ask this question now katie we, we're gonna have to but i'm gonna ask a, a follow-up question all right perfect What's your favorite color? Oh, that's an easy one. Turquoise or teal. Okay. Yeah, that has been my favorite color since I was little, and it never stopped. I mean, I remember being in second grade, and the teachers, they you know, that's a question. People ask kids all the time, and I always say, turquoise and highlighter yellow. <laughs> oh, nice. And I still really do like highlighter yellow. But uh, So when you're <laughs> choosing clothes for your wardrobe, mm -hmm. do are you drawn to those colors in a store? And you look at those before you look at anything else. For sure, yeah. I have to try hard to not have everything I buy be teal or turquoise. I'm not wearing any any today. Yeah, you are not wearing teal. But or you're turquoise. In a, but you're in a shade and you're in a shade of blue. Yes, and I'm in a shade of blue. Um, and uh, my business colors are kind of a teal turquoise. I will say my kids' eyes I think are really blue, and so I'm always like you know feel a connection with them and that color. We painted our last kitchen, our old house, kind of a a little bit in between blue and teal, you know, a little bit more blue, but with some green undertones. And my kids would sit in front of the cabinets and I just like, it was such a special moment. <laughs> Have you remodeled your own home? No, we moved a year ago. Uh, we moved right in the thick of COVID and the the home is in really good shape. We have a beautiful yard and that was kind of what lured us to it. So the home doesn't have quite some of the same character that our old home did have and I miss that. But we will do something. But right now I'm focusing on my clients. <laughs> so if I if someone were to say, what is your aesthetic style? What is, we're going to end kind of how we started. Yeah. Only I'm not going to pick on architects. I'm going to talk about what's yeah. phenomenal is generally you will find a theme mm -hmm. in how you design what would you say yours is? That's a really good question. And I'm not going to brush off the answer off of me completely, but I am going to say that the one thing I can say about every single project is it reflects the homeowner. And I think if you were to go to our website, I'm not making a plug for that, but no, knelsonarchitects.com. knelsonarchitects.com. I think you will see the variety of projects that we do and that we like to do. And I certainly can get on board with everything from super traditional, highly detailed millwork, wood tones, even distressing or something, all the way to really clean lines, vibrant, modern. And that's why when you ask me what my favorite project was, it's tricky because I just really do like that spectrum. My own 
personal style of architecture also varies. I came from a 1940s Tudor. We currently own a 1960 mid-century. I I have a soft spot for the really old homes. I grew up in a 19, home built in 1915, and my parents have been there for 40 years, just under, and I've done two projects with them, and that's just a special home, and so probably it influenced me more than I ever knew as I go back in there and, and spend time in there now as a an adult with my kids. I actually love that. I think having in in a way you're a generalist a bit yet you can be very detailed within that mode yeah and you just like aesthetics and you have to honor the home that it is and because we do uh, mostly remodels and additions we often have a foundation of of style and architecture that we are somewhat tying into now we have done really modern remodels and additions to really traditional homes and and some vice versa but a lot of times we get hired to try to tie into the home and to try to connect with the roots of the existing home so there's there's way bigger parameters than what I like yeah in terms of how we make our design decisions and I have employees too that have aesthetic principles right so makes a difference yeah thank you I I think back many years ago share brothers millwork division was in a in an area where we also had cabinets and closets and so they had a knife room so to me it reminded me of Raiders of the Lost Ark and the you walked into this room and on each side if you can imagine slanted walls with rows and rows of knives and these knives were used on a machine that then cut the trim, your baseboard, mm-hmm. all the millwork. Mm-hmm. And my favorite was that they could really match anything. And they would keep that millwork on a project they were working on and, and catalog it so that there were a lot of new knives made. And it was a pretty intense process to make a knife, but they could match any home back, you know, hundreds of a hundred years old, mm-hmm. older, and it was just a fun thing to do. And I love the detail and the attention to it that I don't think I'm that detailed, but I will tell you this. I do think that each home has a personality. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that are in it are the keeper of that home, whether they built it from scratch mm-hmm. or they just moved into it for a while, they are the keeper of that home and it carries with it the energy. I agree. I agree with that. Now we're going to switch gears because we ask everyone for a nonprofit they'd like to focus on, and you picked Mid-Minnesota Legal Aid. Tell us about it and and how you got involved or your involvement. Well, Mid-Minnesota Legal Aid, which I'll just refer to as Legal Aid from here on out, but is a nonprofit organization that provides legal services for people below the poverty line. So it's, it's really a group of people that don't have a lot of other options and they might be be dealing with basic human rights like eviction issues, income issues, mental health issues, or just basic health issues. So it's a, it's an organization in the Twin Cities and kind of greater, greater metro, most of Minnesota actually. And they have about 10,000 cases a year of people that they serve. But for maybe a more interesting statistic, they have to turn away approximately two of every three viable applicants because of lack of funding. So it's, it's, I just think it's such a great service. And I will say, you know, my mom was very involved in it for many years. So while I wasn't directly involved, I went to many functions and we've always financially supported and and made donations and heard a lot about cases and the ones that could be talked about because legal legality is very confidential as well. So we didn't hear much, but it's a great organization. Thank you. My legal aid 
org is the website and they are your partner for legal support and just quickly it based on their website or off their website says where we serve central 20 central minnesota counties for low-income individuals 26 minnesota counties for seniors 60 plus and statewide for disability and tax-related cases. So they really encompass a lot. There's great information on this website. And so if you know of someone who is in need, please direct them here. But more importantly, if you find it in your heart to donate, this is another really worthy cause to donate to. Kari, thank you. My pleasure. I have enjoyed this more than you possibly know. I get giddy talking about homes and design and space planning. And what did we miss? Did we miss anything, Lisa? I don't think so, Katie, but it's been really fun watching you do this podcast because <laughs> you have like this sparkle in your eye and you just get so excited about it. So well, it was it was fun for me to kind of sit back and listen to you do your thing now. Well, and thanks to you, we've made this connection. So Exactly. Yes, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you guys very Happy much. I appreciate it. To your daughter. Thank you. Lisa, thank you for bringing Kari into the podcast. She really I just enjoyed her so much. She she's great and I just like how she answered all of the questions. And everything made sense. Yeah, it really did. And I think what's great when you have, I, I, get, I don't know a better term than a generalist architect, but what's beautiful is that her outcome is that she wants each space to reflect her client. And I, and isn't that what we're all after? Isn't that what you do when you're, when you're helping someone plan a order? But it's not like everyone's walking around the street that somebody can go, oh, that's a Lisa Rubin designed wardrobe. You, I that hope would be not. The, exactly. Exactly. I hope not. And that's actually one of the things I tell uh, somebody who reaches out to me for the first time, whether they were a referral, they found me on my brand new website, Katie, <laughs> is that I'm not cookie cutter. That's the word I use. Yeah. And everybody needs to find their own. Yeah. And what we didn't touch on, but I but I really do want to point out is that if you have the right architect, it will save you money because it will it will keep you from spending in areas where you don't want to spend. I really believe that. So with that on your brand new website, how do people get a hold of you? Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am Katie at katieharms.com. Feel free to reach us on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and give us some feedback. Or on our website, theviewinyourmirror.com. And we hope all of you have the most amazing view in your mirror. And until next time. 